0: Hey guys, I'm Jason Guymon, host of the King of Pressure Wash podcast. I am a self-employed entrepreneur. I grew my pressure washing business to a million dollar business in just under five years. And now I'm helping hundreds of pressure washers start and grow their pressure washing business also. I'm helping you so that you can be the king of pressure washing in your area. Today's show is going to be an awesome show on the King of Pressure Wash podcast. Are you ready to get to the next level? Let's get started. What up, guys? Jason Guymon here with Pressure Wash help. And I just want to hit on some things. So this week has been a little bit of rough start um and uh i want to hit on that and so i've had plenty of time plenty of time reading posts and facebook groups and wanting to struggle people and strangle them and and so i got plenty of content i'm trying to get donovan's gonna come on he's trying to get on he's having some issues because you know how a lot of that stuff can happen and so that is definitely something that um, we are dealing with because I love technology, but so I want to hit on some things that I got a comment on one of my videos that um, I want to hit on three of the tricks, but I want to hit on one thing that I had a comment on one of my videos and it said that um, first off I had two comments. One comment was um, I said, hello fellows. And I, sorry to a female i know we got pink robin in here it wasn't you but somebody complained that i don't i have more than just uh, men in here and you know that's just me saying how to start this thing and um i guess i need to start saying what up people or something like that but um you know those i'm sorry i don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody in any way um even you know i might say something that would and i'm sorry but you know that was one thing and another thing was is um they're like there's you are you just saying that you can make 150 thousand dollars just to try to get people um excited you know uh, a false hope. And that is not what I'm trying to do. I do not come on here to give people false hope. Um, I've seen people be very successful out of this. And that is my goal is to help you guys grow and be successful and to change your life and to be able to keep growing your pressure washing business, because that is my whole goal and intention of starting this Um, that's why I do what I do. I love what I do. I love helping people and I want to be able to help you in any way. And so when somebody says that if I'm doing it for that, I'm not, I'm really here to try to help you guys be successful. That is my main number one goal at the end of the day. Um, you know, I, I'm coming on here this week has been hell week for me. Um, if if stuff could go wrong It did go wrong um, If stuff, the wheels could fall off The wheels fell off of everything this week So I know I told you all some last week I was in the hospital on Tuesday. Um, they put me in. And I had stroke like symptoms. I couldn't hardly see the screen. And so they put me in the hospital. They ran every test on me. They found out I do have a brain up there and it, there was nothing wrong with it or so they said by the machine. Um, and so, um, Jason, when we go live, who are you go- going live for? Um, you know, and so those, um, he, um, they said, I do have a brain. Everything came back clean. Nothing came back bad. Um, they did an echo heart for the heart, and that came back good. And so, um, that I got to go to the doctor. They gave me some cholesterol medicine, and, you know, it is what it is. Um, so... That is where I've been. And then when I was at the hospital, my wife, um, or actually my oldest daughter was still home and she sends my wife a picture of our living room, fireplace room, ceiling of water coming through and the whole ceiling coming down. And so we had a pipe bust Tuesday night while I was in the hospital. And so, um, then we had the ice snow get um, come through here. And so they just started today to start working on that. Um, so that has been fun. And then my wife's debit card, uh, my wife's debit card, um, it got stolen. So between all of that craziness, I'm here. And so, um, I was supposed to go to Florida Friday. I was supposed to leave to go to Florida on Friday. Um, we, canceled. We was going to go to SeaWorld. We canceled that. Um, I will still be going to Florida to be at the IWCA. Um, so I will be down there for that. I don't know who else will be, but that is where I will be. Um, and so that is what I will be doing. Um, and then I will be having a pressure washing class, um, pressure washing class on next Saturday and Sunday. So this week has been one of those weeks that you're just glad it's over. You're just glad that this week is over because you hope that there ain't nothing else that can go crappy on you. Um, and so it has just been one of those weeks that I am was done with. <laughs> um, so, um, but, you know, I, and through this, I got to do a lot of reading and watching people on Facebook and, and seeing different things. And and so that's what I want to hit on really tonight. Um, I was hoping Donovan was going to come on, but I guess he said he, it's technology. I don't know why it's not letting him on. Um, it, I, I'm up to date on my side, but who knows? Because why, why something else not work right, right? I mean, what else could go wrong? Can't even get Donovan on here. Um, so that's all right. But you know what? I'm going to give you value. So because that's what I love doing is giving you all value. And so when I seen these people that post, there was another post that he, there was a guy that he did this house wash and charged $200. And he threw in the driveway for free. And he was there for three or four hours and made $200. $200. And I want to talk to that person, or if you're in that category, I hope you're not in that category. I know a lot of people fall in that category. First off, looking at the house, it's not your customer. If that is your customer, you're going to be struggling in business. And a lot of people don't understand business. You know, people think that, and this is what he said. I made $200 two hundred dollars in three hours. And that's like $66 an hour but it's not $66 an hour. You got to buy a pressure washer. You got to have equipment. You got to do marketing to get more jobs. You got to have, you know, shirts and everything that goes along with pressure washing business and your insurance, or if you screw something up, you're going to have to pay for it. And so, there's a lot that goes along with being in a pressure washing business. And so when I read posts like that of people and the $99 guy and they're proud of it, I'm not proud of it at all, you know, because, you know, in the year 2022 things are going up. People used to pay 99 cents for bleach down in Florida and even bleach down there has gone up, you know? And so, There's just a lot of things that go on that we have to make sure that we are charging enough. We have to make sure that we're doing the right things so that we can keep growing our business and be successful. You know, and I love what Jeremy put here. Jeremy Marsh put at least $300 an hour, and that is dead on exactly right you know if and and that's going to go up and i know when i say that's going to go up people it's going to blow people's minds that you're going to be able to get more than $300 an hour um you know the dollar is not worth what it used to be worth and so you have to charge more to be able to stay in business because you know i i posted another thing and somebody had posted on here and he's a local cincinnati guy and I had posted one of my posts out there saying that you know three hundred to five hundred is the average house wash, and you know you kind of going up from there. And he was like, "Man, I wish Cincinnati had higher priced people in the area." And I can look around, and most people that I know personally charge well above that. You know, I, I know a lot of the my competitors around here, or the 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 competition around here. And is there $99 guys? Yeah, there's $99 guys, but you know what? They don't last very long. You know, I can show you a lot of guys that are charging 300 bucks an hour and are getting it. You know, DJ's average ticket last year in the Northern Kentucky area was 720 some dollars, 720 some dollars. That's pretty good for an average ticket for you to get an average ticket for up $720. You're not charging no $99. I'm just sorry to tell you that's not going to happen. And so with that said, you know, you can go up and you can, grow a business and be successful at the end of the day. And so that is definitely something that we have to look at and we have to do. So now I got a new guest on here. Let's see who this guy is. It is Mr. Ryan. What up? Lee. Ryan Lee. He came on a couple weeks ago and you all loved him. And so I brought him on again. Donovan was supposed to be on here, but he can't get his computer to work. He has, Frederick's, or i don't know what he has but that's all right because you know what we can make this happen so um if you need me to move the the one way or the other i can also move you to uh, uh ryan but you know and so when we're talking about pricing and we're talking about this kind of stuff You know, that's what brought me into what I had posted on here was about you know the three things that that keep your business going and that. And you know, I know I posted it of stop being a nice guy. You're not gonna be able to get higher ticket prices with being a nice guy. Um, you know, a nice guy is nice, but a nice guy is not gonna get you higher pricing. And so Ryan used to own a landscape lighting class or landscape lighting business. And he used to be the nice guy and he used to, not make a whole lot of money until he started being a mean guy and start charging for what he was worth, Um, because he found out that people will pay and it's just no, there is no difference in in anything out there. Um, Jason is cheating on me with Ryan um, is what Donovan just put there um, because he can't (laughs) figure out his technology. Um, So, Um so Ryan how have you so, been this week? I hope you've had a lot better week than I've had this week. Yeah, sorry Donovan. There's
1: a there's a new man in Jason's life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you better be quiet cuz DJ's going to get mad too. So.
1: Uh-oh. You got you got some super fans out there. Man, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I I wish I had freaking had my AirPods here, but I don't cuz I can't hear as well as I'd like to. Maybe I'll try plugging in.
0: That's because you're getting over 40, probably. I don't know. <laughs> if not, I'm just going to roll with it. But I don't know if these
1: have a mic or these have a, oh, these ones might might work. Sorry, let me just try this real quick.
0: That's fine. So, so don't be a nice guy. You know, that's something that I see a lot of times. And then the other thing I, I wanted to hit on is always be closing you know, that's a good, that's a good thing to think about. Always be closing. What, where do we need to be closing at? What are some things that we need to close on? What are some things that we're letting sit out there and we're not, you know, pushing on, you know, making sure to keep things going? You know, if we're not closing, then that's another issue that we're going to have to overcome and make sure that we keep doing those things. I want to try something here so because i'm always looking this way and it makes me look like i'm not looking at the other screen so uh stop moving your camera it's driving me dizzy bro he quit it so he (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying
1: once i get this thing settled i'm gonna i'm gonna deliver the heat so do you want me to talk about kind of my my theory on pricing yeah yeah so dude i'm like you said like when i got started i was like everybody else I thought, you know, well, you know, I'm in the landscape lighting world. So when someone told me, my brother told me that he did these jobs for $4,000, I thought, dude, who's the crazy person that paid someone $4,000 for landscape lighting? I thought that was a total ripoff. How's my my audio? Yeah, that's even better. Yep. Can you hear me? I can actually hear now. I'm going to try to control this camera. (laughs) All right. So when I started, my brother, he, he told me, yeah, he got these two jobs. He was in the Christmas light business and he said, you know, someone said, you'd be a good lighting guy. So he did these jobs They were 4,000 bucks. I thought that was crazy high. I was like, who would pay that kind of money and come to find out that's nothing. That's like an entry level lighting job, you know? So yeah, I, I, charged exactly how I how you're supposed to not do it. I would charge like what I would pay for a job or whatever. And I did that for years. I mean, I, I left literally millions of dollars on the table until I learned my worth. So I had mentors, I had people in the industry tell me why you charge those prices, everything else. And I went through the whole routine. You know, well, that's what my competition charges. I'm already the higher price guy, everything else. But those were just lies that I kept living, you know, so. Yeah. Once I figured out the pricing game, I solved a lot of problems because now I had money to hire office staff, hire more installers, get an office, buy more trucks. I mean, that's why in my coaching program, I start with raising your price because it's the easiest way to to make more money without changing anything. You don't have to hire more people. You don't have to do anything. You just raise your price.
0: So one of the biggest things I think the problem with people why they won't raise their prices mindset. And so mindset is definitely something that is huge in this business. The more I more I read about it and the more I learn about it, mindset is probably 99% of this business of how we get higher prices because, you know, a lot of times, especially if you have a poor mentality mindset, that's the hardest mindset to overcome. Um, because that's what you were grown up into. And, you know, you were taught that this, whatever. And, you know, that's why we say a lot of times people that coming out of the professional grade coming into pressure washing, I'm sure even landscape lighting is easier. You know, somebody that's already making a hundred grand, $150,000, I can usually grow their business a lot faster and a lot quicker than somebody that was making $20 an hour, $40,000 a year, um, just because they understand money. They know how that they know what it makes to get that done. Does that make sense? Yeah. And kind of
1: on that note, when I changed my purchasing behaviors, my sales skyrocketed and it's not what you think. So, you know how we tend to sell with our own wallet, right? And I, I, In order to get in my customer's mind better, I started buying nicer trucks. I started going on nicer vacations. And honestly, it opened up my mind to see how these people think. I went to Vell for my first time, and normally I would just go to Utah. I'm from Utah. You can go to Brighton here. It's the local resort. It's cheap. There's no tourists. But I went to Vell and spent a ton of money on a nice hotel, the, the fine dining, you see that these people are putting their kids in ski school for a thousand bucks a day, $1,000 a day per kid. And they usually have two or three kids. Then they go out to dinner and drop ungodly amounts of money. They're spending 25, 30, $60,000 a week on just the accommodations. So when you see this in front of you, it's like, oh my gosh, like I went back and I doubled my price because I knew it, even if these people were telling me before, "Oh, it seems high, it's too expensive," they just didn't understand the value. They did understand the, the value of spending 60 to 70 grand in Vell for a week. Someone had presented the value. I just had a weak value proposition. So now I could go in and, and remind them, "Listen, you guys spend 60 grand a week in Vell. All I'm asking for is 20,000 dollars for a landscape lighting system that's going to last 20 years. You'd be an idiot not to do this.
0: So I know a lot of people don't understand it, but tell me what exactly is a value proposition? Well, to
1: me, the value proposition is explaining what value they're getting. Why would they give you their hard-earned money? I mean, that's what we're trying to get in any business. We're trying to make more money. We're trying to get enough trust built so that they'll give us what we want, which is their money. And, you know, you do it through pressure washing, Christmas lights, landscape lighting, whatever it is. But it's building enough value in your uh, in your presentation to be able to get them to respect you enough to give you their money.
0: And I even say it would even set you apart from your competition. And I don't even really worry about my competition even at the
1: end of the day. I don't either. But it it, it is. I mean, if you... I'm not going to say I haven't looked at my competition when I'm building my value proposition because it can help. Um, you know, I, I don't look at their pricing. That's the one thing I just, I could give a shit about. I don't care if they're half my price, double my price. Like, I just, I just worry about me and how much money I need to make because everyone has different overhead and goals and everything else. But I do look at my competition to see what their value proposition is and what products they're doing and what services and what their warranties are and offerings and everything else because i know if i can over deliver in my value proposition then there's no reason for them to not move forward with me good
0: so this week i was saying i've had the world i went to the hospital and oh man i was got checked out for stroke like symptoms which i'm all good they they found the brain up there um, there was nothing wrong with the brain up there. So I actually got to see my own brain um, and they did all kinds of tests. And so I got to go to an optometrist when I get back from Florida and all kinds of good stuff like that. And so, you know, that's where I've been at this week. My wife's credit card got stolen um this past week. So we had about a thousand dollars of steaks that we didn't get to eat um, that somebody else is eating. So, you know, <laughs> And this, I, I want to hit on that of when we're in business and, and that was another thing I posted. And I'm sure you, you understand these days too. Um, I, I seen a post and they're, they're doing about a half a million dollars in pressure, washing couple trucks and everything. And they just feel like they're always in the red and they're always, you know, you always have the transmission going out. You got, you know, paying, you're trying to get payroll and all of the craziness that goes along with being an entrepreneur. Um, What, what are some things that helped you overcome those um, types of weeks and days and months? And sometimes they go on forever, but you know, most of the time it only lasts for a couple of weeks, but how did you overcome those things?
1: Yeah. So a couple of things, one, and I, I know we're not just talking about money, but one thing that I did was I first wanted to understand what my true costs were because there are days where you're like, man, how am I going to pay for the transmission that just went out? How am I going to financially afford to pay my guys when it's been snowing for three days straight or whatever it is? But I used to think like, well, if I could, if I'm bringing in a thousand dollars a day and I'm just paying this guy $200, then technically I have $800. But one of the things that most people don't calculate is what it costs them to run their business. So it's pretty easy to do. You can just add up all your expenses Sometimes we have monthly bills. Sometimes we have annual expenses, whatever it is. But do that. You'll have a total number. Divide that by the number of working days that you anticipate to do, which is not 365. It could be 180. It could be 250. It just depends on where you're at. And I always go as low as possible with that because you can't control certain things. So if you think you actually have 250 working days, make it 230. That we have literally 20 buffer days uh, for, to figure out this number. And this number I call the daily overhead number. And basically, w- what that does is allow you to, to know exactly how much you're needing to charge on a daily basis. You add up your daily overhead plus whatever materials you have for that day plus whatever your desired profit is. You might be okay with 500 bucks, I might need 5,000. I mean, it, it's truly your number. And that will help people eliminate some of those uh, ex- those unexpected expenses. And most people forget about uh, taxes and um, equipment replacement costs. They, they leave those out so then all of a sudden they have a truck blow up or whatever. You've got to have some budgeted numbers in there to cover those unexpected days. So from a financial standpoint, that's what I'd recommend you ready for my the next thing or you want to dig into that?
0: No, you're good. You can go on to the next thing.
1: Okay. So that's what I would try to do to prevent it from happening again financially. But then there's those days that just, I don't know if you want to call it emotionally taxing or mentally taxing. Um, those are tough. That's when it's just, man, you need to have some type of community around you. You need to have friends in the industry. You need to have mentors. You need to have someone other than your business partner, other than your spouse. Someone that you can just go be honest with and be like, "Man, I suck. I don't know what's going on. I thought I was better than this, you know." And someone just to kind of cry on their shoulder. Someone that you can trust, and and that's what I've found is if you can find a community, find somebody that you can uh, kind of complain and whine to, then you know they'll help get you through it mentally.
0: Yeah, Donovan said he's at twenty one or twenty five hundred dollars a day is where he's at. So. Um. Yeah, and, and I agree on that 100% about that, of having somebody in your, you know, and even kind of somebody that's a mentor, like you said, or a coach or somebody that you can, you know, say, hey. Because a lot of times it's just we need to get out of our funk and get moving and get it back done. And, you know, we've started a business to be profitable and be successful. And so we need to keep that going and keep it, you know, making sure that we're able to run a business and, and keep it you know above the ground versus burning it down to the ground so
1: <laughs> yeah that's right
0: so you did lands how long did you do landscape lighting for
1: i had my business 12 years so i started in 2007 and then sold it in 2019
0: and what were some what are some things about landscape lighting that helped make you be successful well man i'm
1: I'm totally biased because I seriously, I'm still so passionate about landscape lighting. Uh, I spoke at two Christmas light events this last year, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get an invite to speak again because the way I started my uh, like presentation or talk or whatever you want to call it, I said, listen, guys, you're going to love landscape lighting so much that you're going to want to get out of the Christmas light industry. (laughs) It's just, it's just a great industry. It's awesome because it's rewarding type of work. I mean, when you transform someone's yard to then bring them this, you know, paradise when they get home from work, it's, it's unbelievable. It's not just rewarding that day, but it continually rewards them for five, 10, 15, 20 years. And so it's real easy to gain favor in the eyes of your clients. Like, People would tell us all the time, you're the best we ever worked with. I can't believe this. And so it was just a highly rewarding industry from that standpoint. And then obviously I love the money. I mean, we were able to sell, uh, you know, several million dollars worth of landscape lighting in a year. And that's why I, I don't love the Christmas lights as much. Cause you only have like a small window to do where landscape lighting for me and my anxiety is like, man, I got 12 months to get this done. And you know, I joke around because we still did Christmas lights. We just didn't focus on it as much. So we did a couple hundred grand at Christmas every year. And that was just on top of what we were already doing with landscape lighting.
0: So what are some, you had said something, and that's what I want to hit on a little bit, is customer service. That the customers love you so much. What are some things that set you apart or helped or made you so good at wanting the customers to love you so much?
1: Yeah, I don't know where I like learned this. Or it, where it was instilled in me, or whatever. But for me, I'm all about the customer experience. Even if it means that I gotta eat into my profit, whatever I gotta do, I've gotta make this experience exceptional. And it might. Now that I think about it, it might just be because I'm super judgmental when I give someone my money, whether it's a restaurant or a purchase for a car, whatever it is. I'm like always um, super judgmental. Like if they do a good job they're going to know about it and they're going to be rewarded. I'm good tipper, everything else. And if they do a bad job, they're going to know about it. I'm going to tell them. And so I've always just thought, even before I own my business, like, why wouldn't they care more about this? Or why wouldn't they do this? Or that was cool. They were really good at this, or they made us feel like family. And so that's all I try to do is just try to treat others like I'd want to be treated. And if that meant sacrificing profits, my time, whatever it is, we would just bend over backwards. So The best way to do that was we just made checklists, you know, like, hey, when, uh, when you, uh, well, we define our sales process, we would define our installation process, our maintenance process, our customer follow up, whatever it was. So we just had checklists to keep us on track. And that's the easiest way I could think of. Otherwise, you're just going to forget and then your customers feel
0: that you forgot about them. I love checklists, and that's even with pressure washing. It's 100% positive to make sure that you hit everything that you're supposed to do every time and you don't forget because that's the world's worst. I love when people be like, Jason, I screwed this up. Can you help me? Yeah. Do you have the before and after pictures? Well, I forgot those. I I didn't get those because I was in a hurry, Jason. You don't understand I was in a hurry. Well, you know what? That's you just lost your tail because you was in a hurry and you just lost. You know, as a thousand dollars because you was in a hurry versus taking those before and after pictures because that was on your checklist to make sure that is happening. Um, this question I'm going to ask you is coming from Big Rob here um, because this is like the $99 guy. The $99 guy would think that, you know, our buy getting into pressure washing is that. And he put, and I'm just aggravating Big Rob because I know him. He's actually not Big Rob. He's actually little, He's actually like five foot five. I think he's a pretty short guy when he was seeing me. Um, but he put, I would think that the landscape uh, landscapers would corner that market. And so, how do you overcome the landscapers in landscape lighting and um, setting yourself apart from a landscaper? It's
1: always the little guys that have a name like. Big Rob. And then it's always (laughs) the big guys that call themselves little. Like, I don't know what it is, right? But (laughs) uh, that's a really good question. So, dude, you would think that the landscapers would corner that, but it just goes to how intelligent landscapers aren't. Like, they should be dominating the industry. And what's crazy is even the lighting manufacturers, the lighting, well, let's say the lighting manufacturers, even they think that the landscapers should be cornering it because most of the distribution goes through the irrigation supply houses. They, they probably thought, you know, 30, 40 years ago, like, hey, who's going to be installing this? Well, landscapers, because then they put in the plants and then obviously light it up at night. It makes sense. So every landscaper should literally be doubling their or tripling their revenues because they offer lighting, but they just don't do it. You know, it just becomes a thorn in their side. I don't know if it's because it's electricity. I don't know if it's because they just aren't educated on it. But almost every landscaper I would call on, well, actually this. So I would call on landscapers. And if they said, well, you know what? We already do lighting. Why would we sub it out to you? I would ask them no worries. What do you guys do for maintenance? Well, actually, yeah, it's kind of a pain in the ass. They don't have a solution for it. They like to go in and maybe make the quick buck. But then when the customer calls them and says, Hey, I got a light out, they're too busy. They're on to the next project. They don't have a dedicated maintenance team. And so they end up losing a client over someone's burned out light bulb and they can't get back in a timely manner. And what these guys don't realize is they're missing out on repeat business and on future work. Like, that customer might have called them back to do more landscaping in the front or backyard. And then these people get richer every three to five years. They're moving now, getting a bigger house. They would naturally use the same landscaper, but they pissed them off because they couldn't get and change that light bulb. So we would come in and say, listen, sub it out to us. We'll pay you a nice referral commission. We'll take care of your clients. We'll honor the warranty. We have a maintenance truck. We'll make sure these guys get the red carpet white glove service.
0: I love that because the white carpet red gloves or the white glove surface is a great way to put <laughs> and making sure that your customer is what is the most important part of that. And so, and it's making it easy and it's making them look amazing. Kevin asked, do you have to be a licensed electrician to do landscape lighting? If not, what's a quick rundown of the process?
1: Yeah. So, and I can't speak for all the States, but for, most of the states, you don't need to be an electrician. So the lighting that I do is all low-voltage lighting and basically is 12 volts. So you plug in a transformer that converts the electricity down from 120 volts to just 12. So at that point, you can touch the wire, stand in water. You're, you're not going to hurt yourself. The only time we're getting started, you would need an electrician is if you went to install that transformer somewhere, which is like the power, you know, where the power starts for your lighting system and there wasn't an outlet available. So occasionally, maybe the only option is by the front door. Well, you don't want to do that. You're a professional. You don't want to just look like a DIY system. So typically be like the side of the house. Well, when I got started, I didn't know anything about electricity and I sure as hell was not going to just add an outlet because I didn't know what I was doing. So we would just pay an electrician 150 bucks and basically it's pretty easy from the inside of the house, they drill through and they mount an outlet on the outside of the house ties into the same circuit and that's all you need. So if you want to get into this industry, you can do it without being a licensed electrician, but you would need to check with your local state like laws because some of them do require, or at least in the past, they did require a low voltage license. And that's a matter of you know taking a test, so uh Florida, for example, they used to require you to have a low voltage license in order to do lighting, but they got rid of that several years ago, so now it's wide open
0: what are what are some costs of getting into landscape lighting like is it expensive to get into it, or is it relatively cheap to get into it
1: man this this is it's it's kind of a cool industry because there's a high enough barrier to entry that it's not just flooded and super saturated. And it mainly is because electrical people are like, man, you have to be an electrician and I'll electrocute myself. I don't want to mess with that. Well, what's funny is look at how many people they're usually the pressure washers, the window cleaners, um, those type of people that figured out how to make good money, but then they hear about Christmas lights and they're like, wait a minute. You tell me I can make how much in eight weeks? So then they get into Christmas lights and they realize, wow, I can make almost as much money in entire or in a couple of months that I can in an entire year doing my regular thing, right? So landscape lighting is safer than Christmas lights because you're dealing with low voltage. You're not dealing with 120 volts. I mean, you've I've felt Christmas lights electrocute me. Um I've I've felt it, right? So with low voltage is super, you know, it's 12 volts. You can barely even feel it most of the time. But uh hold on. I was answering your question, but I wanted to I can't remember exactly what you said.
0: Oh, I I don't even remember now cuz I've been reading questions here so. <laughs> I, no, I got, it had to do I got with... another I got another softball that I'm going to throw you here real quick. Okay. Um where do we get training for landscape lighting? I'm in. <laughs> well, Maybe come to our
1: event, Lighting Accelerator. I'm going to be with Jason and Donovan. So uh, March is it? I, I seriously, I need to memorize the date. I think it's March 11th, 12th, 13th yeah. in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina at Donovan's Joint. So we're going to be talking about uh, Intro to Landscape Lighting. We're going to talk about plus, dude. Let me don't let me get sidetracked here for a second. I just did my very first like in-person training for landscape lighting. It was down in Florida. Again, I've taught this stuff, but never in a live training situation like this. And I got to tell you, everyone missed out. Like, I I, I wasn't wanting to, like, hype it up too much before because I had never done it in person like that. So, I was like, what if I, like, hype it up and then it sucks, you know? So, I was like, I'm just going to lay low, like, put it out there, whatever. It sold out. And I was like, okay, it's going to be good. Unbelievable. Like people left there going, holy cow, this is literally life-changing. And now that I went through it and I know what I'm what I'm capable of, dude, I'm not apologizing for my pricing. I'm not apologizing for this stuff. I know we had some people when we launched it going, man, that seems like a lot. It's like, no, no, <laughs> not after what I just went through. Now I know what, what I'm worth when it comes to training people on this stuff. It took me a while to learn my worth on how to design and install landscape lighting. It took me a little bit of time to know my worth with this. But I'm telling you, the amount of value you're going to get. We had one guy, well, he, he, he was the, the owner of the company, was in pressure washing just this last year, got into Christmas lights, got into landscape lights. He sent a new hire of his who he's, he's designing to be like his salesperson and kind of help run the company. The guy comes down to my training, two days, learns design, install, sales, pricing, marketing. I get a text. So we got, the training was Friday, Saturday. He went back Sunday. I got a text from him Tuesday. And he goes, hey, James literally just closed his first deal yes, yesterday after getting back $5,200. bucks. i am like <laughs> super stoked. Like, he's like, you should get a testimonial from him, all this, you know. And then it was like four or five hours later, he goes, he just closed his second. So he's two for two. Like that made me so happy that it wasn't just like, you know, a bunch of raw, rah like feel good, Tony Robbins style, but actual stuff that they could implement. So if you want hands-on training and also walk away with actual pricing strategies, sales strategies, marketing strategies that work to help you not only, you know, attract your first client, but know how to do it and feel confident. You got to come to Lighting Accelerator, and this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. I literally don't know if I'm going to do another one after because it t- puts a it's a lot of work and effort putting these things together. And so, if if you want it, come and get it. This is this is your chance. I'm not saying this, and then as soon as that one ends, all of a sudden we've got one two weeks later. And I'm not saying I'll never do one, but. I don't have anything booked. I'm. I don't want to do another one.
0: <laughs> Jeremy Maine. I'm pretty sure he signed up for it. He just gave yeah. a super chat. So What's up, will, Jeremy? He will be there. He got his hip replaced um, on Monday. Um, so he just had hip surgery. So. Um, Pray that he gets better. And um, yeah, he said, I will be there. Um, He's doing well. Um, He's walking around aggravating his girlfriend. So that's always a good thing. So uh, (laughs) uh, he's been aggravating me every day, uh, making sure that I'm drinking my water and uh, not and working out every day. So uh, (laughs) nice. I need that too, Jeremy sign me up. (laughs) <laughs> how long does the average install take one or two days? What can I expect to make my first year? And, and, and so, so Hunter Sprinter, this is Hunter. Um, he started his pressure washing business last year. He was a forklift driver, um, and ended up doing about 150 in pressure washing. And I think he did 25 or 30 in, um, in, uh, Christmas lights. Cool. That's awesome.
1: So the average install is, don't take this as uh, day one. Your day one install is going to take you three days just because you don't know what you're doing and you're going to learn stuff and everything else. But what we would typically do, like on an average day for us, is we had one larger crew of four guys. They could install about ten dollars to $12,000 worth of landscape lights. And then we had a smaller crew of either two to three, depending on what, how our crews were doing and they could do like a four to five thousand dollar install which was anywhere from like we're selling jobs at 350 a light so anywhere from like 20 to 30 lights in a day no problem if it's just you you could probably do uh 15 lights a day but it just uh, depends when you get started you're just doing like easy installs up lights in the ground some path lights maybe some wash lights but everything on the ground the better you get at design and the more comfortable you get with install. Then you're running wires up into the second story and you're doing down lights from trees. Those things take more time, but obviously you just charge more money. So, um, yeah, that's typically like an average. And my average install was 7,500 bucks. I've got a client that's in West Palm beach, Florida. His average install is literally $60,000 because he's doing, I mean, when I was there, he took me to some of these houses. They're incredible, like multi-acre estates on the ocean. These guys have unlimited amounts of money. Um, I've, I've never seen anything like that. So we would do, like, my biggest job was like $160,000. And we did always a couple a year that were always over hundred grand. But that just wasn't an average. Our average job was like a you know, $5,000, $10,000 job.
0: Let's talk about that because that's that that is one thing. Whether we're pressure washing or uh, doing landscape lighting, when you're looking at something and you're getting ready to give somebody a hundred sixty thousand dollar bid, what are some things that run through your head of uh, to want to give that bid and be confident behind that bid and um, that? Because it doesn't matter if we're talking about a hundred sixty thousand dollar pressure washing job. That I mean, Benjamin. Benjamin Gregory just got $175,000 one and took him two months to do, but that was a job that he bid. He, he was um, $70,000 more expensive than the next bidder, and he still ended up getting that job. But wh- what are some things to be confident in when, when we're bidding those types of jobs?
1: One of the things that I did was I literally would do the math. I'd say, okay, I would look at their house and I would look at my house. And I'd be like, okay, this is a $2 million house, let's say, right? When I first moved to Texas, I bought a house. It was a nice house, but it was 200 grand. So I compare myself from a $2 million to $200,000. That's 10 times. So the way I look at it is if I'm giving someone a, just a $10,000 quote, I go, would I spend $1,000 on this? Like if someone literally came and knocked on my door, And said, I can deck your property out and make it look amazing and give you a 20 year warranty. And it's going to look like a resort. And they show me all these pictures and it's only a thousand bucks. I'm like, hell yeah, let's do this. You know, that helped me a lot. And so the same thing is true. Like that that was a $2 million house. When I did the $5 million house, it was like, okay, would I be willing to? the, The numbers kind of worked out the same. That's just a little tip that helped me get in the mind of my consumer or my customer. So uh, that, that's what I did. And then again, you just have to look around. And the more you understand about how much things cost, that their car is $250,000, their watch is 50 grand, their vel vacations are 60 grand. And you see how much they're spending, this is nothing. This is going to be something permanent in their yard that's going to enhance their lifestyle. And now more than ever, it's, it's actually affecting people's mood. It's affecting their mental health. When they get home, they get to unwind, relax. These people work hard for a living. They need a sanctuary. They need somewhere. So for me, it's finding whatever value it is that you do. I'm landscape lighting. You could probably do the same thing with pressure washing. I mean, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, like get into more of like what problem does it solve for them and how does it enhance their
0: life. People are willing to pay a lot for that. Absolutely, one hundred percent. This is a good. We've got some good questions. Uh, Brian Fletcher put: um, "Use the Winton and Trench Spade for burying the power lines."
1: I never use that specific one. I I really like it. In fact, this year I'm I need to do some more like YouTube videos, like uh, Jason does. I'm I'm just so focused on business and pricing and sales and helping people make a ton of money i tend to forget about some of the basics of install and stuff like that but that's one of my goals this year is to really build out my youtube so i can compare different tools the wilton is a really cool trencher it's kind of instead of like a flat landscape shovel or is it Yeah, you're it's good. rounded you know and so it goes into the ground i've got a bunch of clients that use it that love it uh it's super solid you're never going to break it so I think it's a good trencher. I just had never used it personally.
0: And then another good question is a good margin, good profit margin for landscape lighting.
1: <laughs> yeah, really good.
0: And he just started so, Christmas lights this year and he, know, he found out how good it was. So
1: some people say, well, is it better than Christmas lights? It's hard to answer. I hate the profit margin questions because everybody prices differently. Everybody runs their business differently. You may run all your expenses through your business and then you have a lower profit at the end. You may run nothing through your business and you have a higher profit at the end. So I will say this. So, you know, I I teach a method of price per light. So if you walk up to a house and you're like, okay, I need a house on, or I'm sorry, a light on each side of the window. I need 10 lights on the house, five path lights, five up lights on the trees. That's 20 lights times it by 350 you have your quote with seven thousand bucks. You could do that while you're walking from your truck to the front door. So you got that number in your head. That seven thousand dollars is probably gonna cost you about uh thirty percent for all the materials. So that's the only thing I like to compare because again your labor could be different based on if you're a one man show versus a fifteen man operation, your overhead's different your your uh, desired profits, different, all that. So it's about 70% uh, gr- or, yeah, gross margin. And then your net, if you're running, like I just did a, uh, a pro forma, if you will, with uh, Dan Plata and the one that we put together, you know, investing money back into advertising and paying yourself an owner's salary and everything else. It came out to 20% net at the end. That was a, for a million dollar business
0: that's pretty good
1: yeah it's it's really good really rewarding and that was charging about what I that was charging what I recommend I've got clients now that they're surpassing my recommendations they're at 400 450 a line.
0: And that's the thing that I even notice even in this pressure washing where everything is going up. And so, you know, where I was, uh, you know, and that's why I said when I first got on here, you know, when I first started, $200 an hour was kind of what my goal was. And at the end, it was 300 And, you know, I really do believe that after this year, it may be we might be pushing the three to four hundred dollar range an hour, uh, just because what we're dealing with the price of everything that we happen to do and to be successful, you know, and so. That is the hardest part of doing it and, you know, making sure that we get our leads because when it comes down to it, we're going to know what our numbers usually are. What was your close rate um, for you um, of how many qu- requests you sent out versus how many turned into invoices? So we never
1: sent a quote out. I'm, I'm big on closing the deal in person and closing the deal on the spot. Uh, In our industry, you'll get some people that are more design-oriented and they draw out the process and they go in there and take pictures and then they go back and figure out what fixtures and come back or email this giant proposal. I'm all for making money and efficiency. So I get there, I'm just telling them like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how much it's going to cost. If you can get me a check, we can get you on the install schedule. Um, We did a really good job of pre-qualifying. So our closing rate was higher, like 80%, but again, I have a hard time comparing these numbers because some people say, well, I can close 90% or I only close 30% because of this and this and this, but for me, I would try to pre-qualify hard on the phone and so that they knew kind of what an average job was going to cost, and if they thought that was too expensive, we weren't going to meet with them, but um, we also uh, networked a lot through landscapers through home builders, pool builders, interior designers, turf uh, turf installers, if we were in front of someone like that, it, I don't even know the actual number, but it was over 95%. I mean, we almost closed every single one because we were being referred by someone who already had the trust of that client. So that was a really good strategy for us to generate a lot of high quality leads and it's one of the strategies I teach people to start with because then you don't have, to have you don't have to spend any money. Some people they'll come to me and they've got, no, like I've got 50 grand. How should I spend this? That's fine. I'll you know guide them. but a lot of people have nothing. and that's when I got started, I didn't have any money either. I was broke. I didn't have money for Google Ads, for all, all the direct mail and I just didn't have that money. So I just went out and, and networked with other people who were already
0: in front of my dream clients. Yep. That's a great way to do it. Hunter put, um, what type of, uh, what type of storage space do you need to run out of? Also what vehicles best to operate out of?
1: So when we started, it was, we, we didn't even have a storage unit. We had a parking space, you know, a covered parking space. And we, we hired a couple guys and that's where we'd meet. So don't let yourself be held back by anything. You don't need any storage space to get started. If you've got some money and you want to do it right and everything else, then it's nice to have a storage spot to, to have a place where you can meet with your team and build a culture and store some inventory and, and feel like a real business. Right. But don't let that hold you back. You could just start out of your house in in your garage. And when you sell your first job, then you order materials. You don't have to have inventory. This could be a on, you know, what do they call it? Uh, Inventory on demand or on whatever. Demand.
0: So you can basically schedule the job out for a week, get your materials in and, and go from there.
1: Yeah. People don't mind. Even if you tell them two weeks, people actually, that helps you sell more when you're booked out. We were booked out six, seven weeks, almost all the time. That That created a sense of urgency. I thought, man, how are we going to do this when we're getting so far booked out? But People were like more willing to write a check because they knew that if they didn't do it now, it wasn't going to get time for their party or whatever they were trying to get lighting done for. So uh, the second part of that question is what vehicle you could, you know, do a truck or something like that. But we I started out in my pickup and then it rained and like all of the lights in the cardboard boxes and everything was all soggy. Like, okay, there's got to be a better way. So then we got a trailer and we wrapped that and that worked until you know then we had someone take a corner too tight and break the trailer or as we added more wire to it and everything else then all of a sudden we were breaking axles so the best vehicle i think is the ram promaster get a high uh high ceiling promaster you can fit a ton of stuff in there some people when they get started are thinking small and they're like i'll just do a ford transit that's okay i mean Whatever works best for you. But for me, I would recommend not operating your business like you are today, but where you want to be. And if you get the bigger van, you're, you're, you have room to grow into it. And that strategy will change your business forever because most I hit people on. are pricing. about
0: that a little bit because actually Jason Evers was talking about that the other day at Responsicon about not being where you're at, but where you want to be at. Let's, let's hit on that a little bit. What, what, what are some things that we can do? Because I even see this as in pressure washing or landscape lighting or where you want to be at of, you know, where you want to be at. What do you want to look like down the road, you know, in six months, you know, kind of where do you want to be? You know, cause I was asking him about, cause he's a speaker and he speaks in all the different countries and stuff. And he was originally a window cleaner and, um, you know, he's a, pretty good speaker and stuff. And so I was asking him, I was like, what do you, what should I do? And he's like, put your website out with you being a speaker of where you want to be at, but you don't have, you know, what do you want it to look like when you get there, you know? And he's like, you know, are you going to get paid gigs right out of the get go? No. Will you? Maybe you don't know, you know, but if you don't act, if you act like a little poor guy or you act like you got, you know what you're doing, it makes a big difference. And I love to hear that because, you know, a lot of times we, and a lot of times it comes back to our mindset.
1: Big time. You're looking at him like, man, this guy's traveling all over the world. How cool would that be? Put it on your website. Right. You, you are also a world renowned speaker, motivational speaker, business training are all that, right? Why not? You just haven't been hired from someone in another country yet, but they don't know that they can hire you. So put it out there. Now that's how it is with, with running your business. That like, I didn't, I had this small mindset. I didn't know about that. I had to learn it by experience. And I was like, man, why is this so hard? You mentioned at the very beginning, it's like, how do, how, how do you deal with those times where like things are break and everything else? Like I felt, I felt so bad because I was supposed to be an entrepreneur and I wasn't. I was just self-employed. I was like, man, this sucks. I'm gonna just go get a job again. It was easier. I was done by five. I was making over a hundred grand a year. Like, why did I trade that in for this? It sucked. But then I realized, I hate to keep bringing up pricing, but I wasn't making enough money. I wanted to hire someone to answer the phones. I wanted to hire a maintenance person, but I didn't have enough money. I couldn't even afford paying my mortgage barely. Like, we just were getting by. And that's when it's like the light bulb goes off, lighting. And I was like, dude, I'm poor. I need money. The only way I can think is to raise my price. You raise your price, charging like, you know, I, that daily overhead I'm talking about. Maybe your daily overhead's 500 bucks right now. Donovan said is 2,500. Just make it 2,500. Make it 2,500. Charge like it is 2,500 because one day it will be 2,500. And now you can actually afford to uh, grow into who you want to be
0: awesome awesome I'm just putting some some people quoting here so that's awesome so Ryan has a his own podcast you can go check it out at where
1: uh, it's lightingforprofits.com. And lighting
0: for lightingforprofits.com, lighting and I'll put the link again um, for the in person class. The lighting landscaping that is going to be for landscaping and it will also be for advanced Christmas light class. Um, yes, yeah. so lighting.
1: Does anyone have any questions? It's on it's lightingaccelerator.com. We're doing a three day workshop for anyone that's trying to advance their Christmas light business to the next level. One of those strategies is starting landscape lighting, so. The, there's good news and bad news. The good news is, uh, well, the bad news first is you missed out on my landscape lighting live. Cause it was, it was insane. I'm not ever going to be able to replicate that. It was like the the coolest experience ever. I put everything into it. I didn't care about making any money. I was like, dude, I don't care what this costs me. I'm going to freaking over deliver because these core 25 people are now the voice of, of landscape lighting live. If it sucks, they're going to tell everyone how bad it is. But if it's amazing, they're going to tell everyone how amazing it is. So I, I, don't, I seriously haven't even figured out if I made any money. I hope I broke even. It looked on cool. This, you had like
0: bands playing and everything.
1: <laughs> it was sick. It was crazy. <laughs> spent, <laughs> spent way more than I should have, but it was totally worth it. But, but on here, So that's a bad thing. You missed that. Well, I don't know if that's good or bad. But here's the good news. I also, it was my first time. So I learned a lot and I've got this thing figured out now. I've got a lot of things streamlined. I'm trimming the fat on, on things that I felt like I took too much time on or maybe I didn't have enough time for certain things. So if you come to Lighting Accelerator, you're going to get that same feeling of like, wow, he, he really brought the heat. He over delivered. Yes, it costs money, but it, it's not about how much it costs. It's an investment in yourself. And it has nothing to do. I know people are like, well, man, they must be making pretty good money. You know, 10 people times this or what has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with you and how much are you willing to invest yourself? We want people that are wanting to change their lives. There's nothing more frustrating as an educator, as a coach, as an instructor, a guide, when someone comes to you for advice, you give it and they don't do anything about it. So the reason we're charging what we're charging is to eliminate the people that just want the free advice. This is something that we're looking to change lives. And that's one of my core values is I truly believe that by helping other business owners, I can change the world. And what was cool is that happened. I felt that with these 25 people. And we have a private Facebook group. These guys are already implementing stuff. They're already doing the stuff we talked about. So it's super exciting. So if you guys are wanting to come, we're only what a month out uh, from yep. from being in Raleigh. Yep, 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 yep,
0: yep. And and that's a thing that um, Christmas already passed. I guess you have to wait to Chris next Christmas. Nope. Um, you know that's one thing that I I push this is because. I'm big in the training of this. Of as we listen to one of the speakers at Responsive Gun, um, the ones that pay are the ones that play and usually become successful at the end. Um, and you know, like I always say, I want to be able to ten x whatever I do, and I about guarantee you, if you come to this, you will ten x your money that you put into it. Um, Dude, that's that's easy,
1: e- even for me. Just to ten x from a landscape lighting standpoint you know if if they're not making and someone asked earlier how much should i make my first year i didn't even know what i was doing when i started lighting i didn't even know it was a thing i had no lighting accelerator i had nothing i sold 350,000 my first year and i also still had my software job i was working full time while i did that so a disappointing first year is 350 grand but that's up to you if you just come to the class or watch some YouTube videos and you don't do anything, you're not going to make any money. But 350 is like, that should, that shouldn't, that don't let that hold you back. Why not sell 500 your first year? Why not do a million? Like they're the only person holding you, you back is yourself.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, we're at an hour or so. What are, I'm always a big on, um, books and I ask, and I'm, this is one question I was going to start asking on every podcast so that anybody comes on. What's a book? You didn't has, tell me <laughs> what, what, what's a book that has helped you, um, grow in business wise or one book that is like, was that one book that, you know, makes you you can remember it and you took action off of it and it changed your business.
1: Well, there's actually a lot, but the one that I just read, which I really loved was called the dream manager. Um, And it's all about building culture in your business. It's something that I feel like I'm, I'm really good at sales and profitability and scaling, but I never mastered how to be a good leader. And the dream manager takes it to the next level breaks it down, gives you a simple method to be able to to build your business. And, you know, it's all about pricing, sales, marketing with me. But if you don't have a team with you and you're constantly going through employees, then it becomes much more difficult. So uh, that one just recently, because I just finished it up and that really resonates with me. Uh, the dream manager, highly recommend. But obviously the classic one, like the e-myth, uh, that was when I really first started working on my business. I at, up until then I was just going through the motions and you know making money and paying the bills. And I thought I thought that that's what you were it was an entrepreneur and you just always had to work your ass off, hustle, hustle, grind, grind. Like I thought that was it. So that that was the first book that changed my trajectory. Then I got into other books as well. There's Traction, which is a really good one. It teaches systems and method or systems and processes and um, how to actually structure your company. That's a really good one. I recommend as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Any words of encouragement before we jump off here,
1: man, just take action. Hopefully between Jason and myself, we shared something today that resonated with you. Uh, Don't just be like, man, that was cool. Like that. It wasn't cool unless you do something with it. So hopefully you got one thing, that t- this week, today, tomorrow, whatever it is, that you can actually implement in your business. That's all, that's all I'm trying to do is like, I don't wanna just be motivational. I wanna like really change lives and I can't do that if you don't do anything. So just take one
0: thing and implement it in your business today. Yep, take action. that would be huge all right again go check out lightingaccelerator.com i put it in the link that's down in the description also um i hope everybody has a great week and we'll see you all next week see you thanks jason yep hold on there all right guys that is all the time we have for today's show on the king of pressure wash podcast I know you found this as exciting as I did. If you appreciate the work we do here at King of Pressure Wash, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And give this episode a five-star review. I would appreciate it very much. This helps me get to other people so that they can be successful just like you can be also. And if you're looking to start and grow your own pressure washing business, To give you and your family financial freedom, time freedom, be sure to sign up at thekingofpressurewash.com so you can be the king of pressure washing in your area.